0: Welcome back. This is the Kelly Roach Show, and I am excited to bring to you today my special guest, Halataha. And we are going to talk about a lot of things today. We're going to talk about overcoming rejection. We're going to talk about the law of attraction. We're going to talk about the twists and turns and surprises that happen in our career. So welcome to the show, Hala. Excited Thank to have you, you, Kelly. There. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you have had a wild journey uh, dropping out of school to do this gig, right? Going back, getting your MBA, getting rejected from radio, then making a comeback and having the top educational podcast, you know, podcast superstar, right? So twists and turns. Your story is fascinating. So why don't you just give us like a quick and dirty of like a little bit of that, that windy road that led you to where you are today, and then we'll get into it. Sure. So I started my career in
1: radio. I used to be Angie Martinez's assistant. She's known to be the voice of New York. So I used to work at Hot 97. Uh, For those of you not in New York, it's a number one hip hop and R&B station. I worked there for three years as an intern, Uh, didn't get paid a dime. I ended up leaving that station, starting a really popular website called strawberryblunt.com, the sorority of hip hop. I had about 150 girls in and out of that organization. We hosted the hottest events and parties in New York. Uh, Like I said, had a a very productive blog. We hosted concerts and that was really cool. We actually got noticed by MTV twice to have our own reality TV show. Uh, One summer they filmed me all summer and they got us a studio on Broadway and we were very close to being the next Jersey Shore. And they were contracting us and, and you know, everything was good. And then last minute they pulled the plug on the show. So I was devastated having not made it in radio, having not made it then in TV. And although oxygen wanted to give me a show and VH one, I just wasn't having it. And I just wanted to quit. I said, entertainment is not for me. I just want a normal job. I want to be normal. I went and got my MBA. I went into corporate. I worked in corporate for about five years. I was a standout because I was an entrepreneur. I was really an intrapreneur once I got in corporate world. I was promoted a million times. And then uh, at my last year at HP, I decided to start Young and Profiting Podcast. And, you know, now I have a media agency with over 70 employees and uh, there's, there's a lot to it, but yeah, that's my, my story in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so like just a lot there, right. You, you got to the point where you're like, all right, not doing this anymore. Went in the complete opposite direction And I'm sure all of those experiences ultimately shaped you to be able to build this company that you're running today. So, you know, what are some of the biggest lessons that you carried with you that you still would say that you use in leading and managing your company and this team of 70 people that you have? Yeah, 100%. I think that being rejected so many
1: times and having such like an up and down journey, I really understand hard work and that good things take time. And so with the podcast this time around, it took me two years before it really started accelerating, but. If I didn't wait that long and realize that it was going to take a long time to get something good out of it, it, I would have just never succeeded because a lot of people start podcasts, they don't get the results and they quit. But I just kept going and I was consistent. And every day I put in that 100% effort until one day it just started to pay off and then really accelerated super fast. So I'm talking about going from 3,000 downloads a month to 300,000 within like six months. Like it just totally skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I knew that consistency was key. And so that's something that I learned in my journey. The other thing is that you, you got to just create your own path. So all these things, I was waiting for uh, Hot 97 to give me the my dream job. I wanted MTV to give me that opening into my TV career. With the right. podcast, I had control and so I realized that I also needed to do it on my own and that nobody was going to give me that big break. I had to basically just push the
0: doors down. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, it's it's incredible. I mean, these are these are the most important life lessons that you can learn. It's like, yeah, you know, it, they you wanted them to to recognize your hard work, your dedication, your capability, your talent, your potential and, you know, a lot of times that doesn't happen, right? They didn't recognize it. They didn't know, you know, the level of what you can bring to the table. But that ultimately served you because now you get to do that on your own in the way that you're now serving. So, talk to me a little bit, like, t- about your agency and, and what you guys do and who you serve and, and kind of what that looks like now today.
1: Yeah, 100%. So I started Yap Media when I was at Disney Streaming Services as a side hustle. So I actually grew this agency while working full-time in corporate. And by the time I quit my job, I had 35 people around the world who worked for me. Uh, So we do social media marketing. Uh, I'm really big on LinkedIn. So that's my main platform. I'm one of the top 10 female influencers on that platform. So everything LinkedIn management, we basically create LinkedIn influencers, Instagram, YouTube, and then end-to-end podcast management uh they call me the podcast princess it's like i feel like i'm one of the most knowledgeable people about podcasts so we do everything from scripting to audio editing to creating micro content videos for your podcast and growing your show with media buying and things like that so we're an end-to-end agency i manage Kara golden of hint waters uh podcast i manage heather monahan's uh social media and podcast i do uh 1-800-got-junk uh, all of their marketing and social, Jason Waller of True Underdog Podcast, Britt Marin of Britt Co, uh, Alex Carter. So lots of big personalities, authors, CEOs, celebrities. Uh, those are the types of people that work uh, work with us.
0: Love it. And I love how you said that with the podcast, You were going hard, doing all the things, putting in the work for two years before you really started to see the acceleration. And then finally it started catching up with you, which, you know, I I think that's, that's the biggest lesson in anything that we do, right? Most people quit long before they were ever going to start to see that acceleration. But what are the things that you really focus on with the podcast now today? Are you podcasting every day? Like, what is your, what's your routine? Yeah, so we actually
1: put out two episodes a week, we're now scaling to three, mostly because we have so many sponsors were sold out that we've got to create more inventory. So we're putting out more episodes as we get more sponsorships. Uh, but yeah, I, I interview celebrities on my podcast, I have solo content, and we just try to like switch it up and get creative. So Part of my job is being this podcaster. The other part is leading this agency. And then something new that I've created is I started a podcast network. So all along this agency was never my dream. It was never my dream to be the the CEO of a marketing agency. That's what people wanted from me. And that's Mm -hmm. what helped me take the next steps to actually fund the growth of my podcast Mm -hmm. and eventually start this podcast network. So I launched a podcast network and now we're really focused on recruiting podcasts and monetizing and growing their shows.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And it's, it's just so interesting, because, yeah, it's like, sometimes you you go over here to find your way back, right, to where you're going. And, you know, for you, you know, w- what are some of the things that when you're talking to podcasters, because I feel like, you know, so we've been doing this show for, gosh, six, I think six years now, we're like, eight, over 800 episodes. It's, mm. it's been just an amazing journey. It's something that I'm so committed to, but I always was committed to like the long game of it. I feel like podcasting is this very like mysterious thing to people and they don't stay motivated to stick with it because they don't, you know, see the immediacy of the ROI. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most, I mean, it's your legacy body of work, right? But so, you know, what are some of the things that you really talk to podcasters about? Like, What are some of the things that you would want to make sure that the audience learns or hears from you about how to make their podcast take off and and what to do, you know, to really get an ROI from it long term?
1: Yeah, I think this is one of my favorite things to talk about. So thank you for asking this question. Uh, So first of all, I think that a lot of the podcasters, especially in 2022, you need to realize that it's not all about Apple, right? Mm -hmm. So only 30% of listeners actually listen on Apple. A lot of the big podcasters on Apple have been doing podcasts for 10, 12 years and they're really dominating everything there. And it's very hard to get traction. So, I would focus on the other apps and not even Spotify. So, I'm talking about Castbox and Player FM, Podcast Republic. See what opportunities they have. Reach out to those platforms. See if you can advertise in those platforms. The other thing that I would say is you've got to remember that social media is not where you're really going to get a majority of your podcast listeners. You could be a huge social media star. That's not going to necessarily translate to podcast downloads. So, you need to realize that you need to be visible in the podcast apps. 50% of people. In America, don't even listen to podcasts. So, mm-hmm. so you need to realize that advertising in the apps is a way to do that. So, like I said, doing media buying with these different podcast players that are available, there's over 70 podcast players. So, reaching out to every single one, seeing what opportunities are there, seeing if you can cross promote if you do have a social media following, you can say something like, Hey, I'll run a contest on my page in exchange for you guys advertising for me inside yeah. your app. So that's how I blew up my show. I just did that. I said, Hey, I've got a lot of fans online. In. I'll promote your player if you guys promote me and yeah. your app. And that's how I really started taking off. So, so you could take a, a page from my book and kind of copy that strategy. I um,
0: yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's so interesting because I think just as like social media is getting very fragmented, there's a lot of niche sites popping up. There's a lot of alternative, you know, places that people are going to get, get news, but also to network, to socialize, etc. You're bringing up a really good point that never gets talked about in the podcasting world, which is that, yeah, these, the the people that are in like the top, you know, couple ranks for podcasts, I mean, they were the first to market and they rode the wave all the way up and it's almost going to be impossible to ever, you know, take that, that spot. But what you're saying is leveraging all of the other up and coming sites and really, creating connectivity there, that that's a huge insight that I don't hear people talking about. I don't think anyone's talking
1: about, I think I'm definitely one of the podcasters leading the way. If you go on my Apple right now, like I've got a pretty decent following, but if you go look on CastBox, I have 180,000 followers just right. on CastBox. I have only yeah. over almost 2 million <laughs> downloads just on that player. And so I'm huge across all apps. And I think that's the future of podcasting as we become more fragmented as yeah. all the these players come out, no one's going to care for a huge on Apple because that's only 30% of everybody listening or less. You need to be big across all apps. So I would say diversify, do your research, know the market, know the different players and see what opportunities there are for you to collaborate with them. Cause some of these apps are up and coming too. So you guys can grow together, you know, and, and walk yeah. those cross promotion opportunities. So I would say that's a really, really underrated strategy and unknown strategy and no one's thinking about it, but I think that's a feature.
0: Yeah, no, super smart. I absolutely love it. And you know, when so when you guys are working with clients in your agency, and you're developing a growth strategy for their podcast, are these the types of things that you're working with them on how to leverage all of these alternate platforms, create deals with them, advertise on them, that kind of thing?
1: Yes, 100%. So I basically because all these apps sponsored me, I grew relationships with them. And now I do media buying for my clients. So a lot of my clients are just going to pay for these advertising opportunities, but I've done all the tests and I kind of know the subscriber acquisition costs, media buying within the podcast world is a huge thing. And all the major players and podcast networks do media buying. And you could either advertise and get like banners inside the apps, or you can just do it like other brands and get post-read ads. On other podcasts, so that brings me to another strategy that you should employ for an up-and-coming strategy uh, podcaster, and that's to guest on people's shows, of course. Yeah. And do you like podcast swaps? Yeah. But then the other thing you can do is get commercials on other shows. So you can basically contact other shows in your niche and say, "Hey, like, how much does it cost to run a commercial?" Or if you guys are about the same size podcast, do a commercial swap. Or something really cool you can do that's pretty innovative is an impression swap. So for example, my mentor is Jordan Harbinger, and he's a huge podcaster. He's about six times bigger than my podcast. So we do commercial swaps all the time, but I'll do six commercials and he'll do one for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's called an impression swap. So the the real key here is that you want to be visible in the app. So whether that's in the audio, in the podcast themselves, or getting advertised in the app, That's where you wanna be. That's where you're gonna get the biggest bang for your buck and the most quickest traction. Um, so yeah, and I have social media strategies too. If you do have a social media following and you want to push yeah, it Yeah, no,
0: that's brilliant. So I want to go back really quick for one second and then we'll go forward because this is, this is fascinating. Really? I love it. Yeah. Um, you, you know, when you're talking about subscriber acquisition, mm-hmm. what are the ranges that you're seeing across different apps for the cost of subscriber acquisition?
1: Yeah, 100%. So typically they, it's the wild wild west. The range is crazy. So I have opportunities where it's like 30 cents a subscriber. And then there's rip offs that are like $13 a subscriber. Yeah. So the range is crazy. And most of the public opportunities that people know about are in this eight to $13 range. So like overcast.com will, will make all their rates available. That's going to be the more expensive side. So a lot of these opportunities are actually not public. And that's why I'm saying you, you kind of need to know people who do media buying, and then you also need to make those inroads and make those relationships and getting those inroads means you want to have a platform that has leverage. So if you have a huge YouTube following, use that to your advantage. If you have a huge Instagram following, use that to, if you're on TikTok or clubhouse or whatever it is, the more unique your, your thing is the more that people will want to work with you because they'll be like, well, I already have 10 huge Instagram influencers I'm working on. Yes. But if you're huge in wisdom, like let's talk, you know? So, Absolutely. so it's like figure out where you can get your leverage and then lean into growing and growing that channel so that you can then contact those podcast players and say, you have something to trade.
0: Super smart, absolutely love it. Okay, let's talk about some of your favorite strategies leveraging social media for podcasting. Um, just talk to me about what you're seeing is working right now, where you're really focused, and kind yes. of you know, some of the things that you're working with clients on.
1: Yes, so when it comes to moving your social media following to actually go subscribe to your podcast, it's all about the DMs. So what I always tell people, everybody knows you got to do micro-content and post up your videos or your pictures. Audiograms, like, suck. Nobody listens to audiograms. They always perform bad, in my opinion. Uh, but really what you want to do is retarget people who like and comment on your social posts in the DMs. So anybody who's liking and commenting on your social posts is raising their hand and saying, hey, I like your content. So you put out a micro content clip, you can then engage anybody who liked or commented and say, hey, so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for liking my clip. If you wanna watch the full episode, here's the link. Now, the link is key because if you give people an Apple link, remember I said only 20 to 30% of people listen on Apple. So you either wanna give like a link tree that has all your different players or you want to give them a charitable smart link so that it redirects depending on if they have an Android or an, an iPhone, and it will go to the player that's actually on their phone. So the link is key, and you need to make sure you make that an easy experience because that's the disconnect. Usually, you guys are sending an Apple link, and then half the people are like, well, I have Android. I can't even open this, right? So you need yes. to be smart about the link as well.
0: See, this is the kind of stuff that never gets talked about. This is so, so valuable. I love it. And I'm just so excited to be able to have a conversation like this because I know that we have a lot of podcasters that listen to the show. They're looking for growth strategies. And it's it's just a little bit of a nuanced space, right? Like, of course, there's all the traditional promotional things that you can do. Of course, you're leveraging social media. Of course, you're asking for shares and reviews. And, you know, that's all the common sense stuff that's like, yeah. Right. But this Mm -hmm. is some of the the more nuanced, you know, strategy that I don't think is really it's not public knowledge and it's really totally valuable. No, that's great. Yeah. Any other other hidden gems you want to share with us? Yeah, there's one more that's really good. And this is
1: social audio, right? So as you guys know, Clubhouse was huge last year. It's sort of dying down, but there's actually still a big community on Clubhouse, especially if you've got great content and you're a podcaster and you're polished. LinkedIn also just came out with an audio feature on one of the beta users. There's a new wisdom app. So there's lots of opportunities to host live events, whether that's a a live video event, Instagram live, doesn't matter. But the thing is it, it works like micro content. These people that are watching your live event, you can then retarget them and say like, hey, thank you for joining my Clubhouse session. I'd love for you to listen to the the full episode. If you didn't get to catch the whole thing, most people who hop on the lives are hopping on for 15, 20 minutes. So that's your thing. Hey, if you didn't get to check out the whole thing and you enjoyed it, you know, here's the link to my replay. Right. Yeah. And yeah. actually on clubhouse, they have analytics platforms like Direcon, D I R E C O N. And it will give you a list of all the Instagram handles of the people who came in your room, even if they came for a second, So that's what we do. I host live events on clubhouse. And then if I have, let's say 3000 people who end up listening to the, the, uh, the show and they're coming in and out, maybe I have 500 people at a time and 3000 people in total, we'll then DM 3000 people. And I'll get a lot of new subscribers that way. So it's a really great tactic as well. And it's all the same thought. It's like, you want, you want to give people a teaser and then you want to retarget them with a link and spoon feed them the link. So they actually go to
0: your show. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, this is this is genius. So I want to make sure people know where can they get more of you? Where can they learn about your agency? Where can they get in touch with you? All of those great things. Um, where where are we inviting them to go?
1: Sure. So you guys can go to youngandprofiting.com if you want to learn about the podcast, if you want to learn about the agency, it's just youngandprofiting.com. You guys can also check out my podcast. I give a lot of marketing advice. It's all about how you can grow financially and professionally. And I do post a lot of my like Ask Hala Anything kind of solo episodes where I talk everything about podcasting and social media and all
0: my strategies. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think you really have some unique insights, some great strategy that you're using in the agency, some really cool stuff. So all those twists and turns and all those failures that let you uh, step soon to where you are today absolutely has served you. Thank you so much. Keep doing the great, great work that you're doing. It's awesome to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Kelly. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you back here in just a few.